This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, the fog descended at Oxford and the bad run continues. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. I don't know about you, Dave. I'm a, I'm a bit worried. We do, just to pull the curtain back. We, we have a, always have a little chat, a couple of minutes. It's quite awkward with Craig, wasn't it, Dave? Yeah, it was. He was, he was. He's still not in a good place, is he, Ben? <laughs> Craig, he's still he, not in a good. And he, and he certainly right? wasn't in a good. He certainly wasn't in a good place yesterday, <laughs> by all accounts. Craig, you okay? <laughs> I'm all right. Yeah, I, I did, I did, you know knock on the door and was allowed into the studio and I did the first thing I said was I am still furious and I I don't really get furious to be honest but I just so annoyed yesterday just the whole situation and then everyone was annoyed people were taking too long to get out of the gangway and people were taking too long to get out of the entrance the exit and people just yeah just just everything was annoying me yesterday from well 10 past three onwards really it was utterly bizarre so look, we've got we've got two um, modes of conversation. Hello to everybody in the chat. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. The two modes are basically the farcical nature of yesterday's game, but also um, the kind of uh, I've got to use my words carefully because people are struggling to cope today. From what I can <laughs> what I can see, the um, slight deterioration of our promotion push we will get to that and we will get to all of your comments but um dave craig says he's never seen anything like it you're a good ipswich historian um anymore what about the roy Keane game that sky sports wouldn't let be cancelled against leicester in the snow that was ridiculous that should have been oh yeah that was yeah. that was pretty that was pretty dire wasn't it but we, we won that quite comfortably I, i'm just trying to think have i seen a game i've seen the game abandoned at portman road a couple of times i think there was a game against middlesbrough a few seasons yeah. back i think and certainly way back when in my much much younger days i saw a game against coventry get abandoned because of floodlight failure that worked in our favor that day we were losing then won the the the, re, the replay game but um no i, I mean I wasn't there yesterday, but just looking at you could barely see it on the TV pictures, could you, for Christ's sake? It was just unreal. So, look, Craig was there yesterday, so we'll let him kind of take it yeah. take take us through and how um the situation sort of progressed. So um we got the temperature news of the temperature drop. Um League One wasn't actually that terrible for postponements. I think the worst one was at Peterborough at one forty. <laughs> And um, put it this way, I had seven versions of the format of the um, ITV highlight show sent to me during the morning yesterday. So a lot worse in League Two, um, Craig. I think nine nine games sort of went. But um, driving up, Craig, and um, getting to the ground and getting to the game, did you kind of smell trouble? Well, this is the thing, because when, when we left home about 10-ish, whenever it was yesterday, uh, the same time Sean Connery plays uh, racket sports, um, we it was bright sunshine, and it was we thought, oh, we're going to need sunglasses, and the cap is going to be like it was at Lincoln a few weeks ago, where the sun was right directly in your eyes. And we and it was sort of like that all the way around, and the, the journey itself was fantastic. The M25 was pretty empty, blah, 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 blah. And we got to, like, within about four or five miles of, of the stadium. All of a sudden, the temperature just dropped. And the, the temperature gauge on the car went to, like, minus figures. Um, and we parked up. And I sent a picture for her on the WhatsApp – oh, sorry, on the, on the Telegram saying – and referring to the game Dave just spoke about, the, the Middlesbrough game, thinking, you know, it, it may well start. But if it's already minus one, whatever it was, minus one and a half at 
12, half past 12, one o'clock, whenever he got to the ground, there's a chance that during the course of the game, it's only going to get colder and areas of the ground might solidify like they did in that Middlesbrough game, didn't they? It was that strip mm. along near no, the dugout. Craig, of all the stadiums in England in terms of project, protecting the pitch from the elements, this is not the one, is it? Well, no, no, very fair point. Um, but then when we got to the ground, had something where he got to the ground, it's a bit misty, a bit murky uh, around. Um, and he thought, oh, it's a bit strange. It might clear up. The sun might, you know, burn it off and things like that. But the, the, the sun never, ever broke free. It was just got worse and worse and worse during the game. And me and my boy Oscar were, like, judging it by whether we could see the far corner corner flag. Oh, we can just about see the corner flag sort of thing. And then when it got to half time, that had pretty much disappeared. And then during the second half, you you could not see anything other than the strip where um, Wes Burns was running in front of us attacking. You saw that strip and about towards the penalty spot of the goal that we were all looking at. You know, you couldn't, towards the end, you couldn't even see the corner flag. You couldn't see the far post of the goal that we were attacking, let alone anything else. It was just, and there's no way in the world the linesman that was in front of us could see the far side of the pitch. You know, if Leif Davis was running up and down there, there's no but, way in the world he could tell if he was offside or not. How was it? Was it like swirling around? Because, I mean, the rule yeah. of thumb here is the ref, the old, you know, the old adage, the ref stands in the centre circle. If he can see both goals, game on. So presu- <laughs> presumably he could do that. So was it just swirling around the sides? Yeah, or just... No, it just it just set, it just descended and settled and got thicker. And then injury time actually it alleviated a little bit. But... <laughs> The, the linesman could not see the far side of the pitch with any clarity to know if, you know, Leif Davis's thigh was further forward than the, the right back, for example. Not the, other, the, other, the other thing, how or could you could you actually see when, could you actually, was at the far side from you, or could you see when, um, at 74 or whenever, when the ref was consulting with Robinson and McKenna? Could you see so, that or not? So at the how, long, how, long, how, long, how long did they stop and talk about well, it? They, they sort of spoke just as they went into the second half. They had a bit of a chat. He, he pulled both um, captains over to start with, and then he walked over to the dugouts. But you couldn't see the dugouts, but you assume that's what was happening. But the second yeah. time, I had, to, I had to read Phil's match report, TWTD, to know that he'd done it a second time because no one oh, yeah. knew you couldn't see it. <laughs> wow. It, it was mental. So you couldn't see the dugouts, let alone any conversations that were happening. People were going down injured in the centre center circle. You couldn't see that. So we were reliant fully... When the ball went into our heart, our defending half in the second half, where Christian Walton was stood, you were reliant on the Oxford fans cheering or booing or clapping or whatever to have an indication of what was going on. You hadn't got clue. No idea. What we're going to do, let's try and take it like a normal match review up until, <laughs> and then we can have well, the discussion. And let me give a challenge to the chat. We've got plenty of people in the chat. I have been on the IFAB EFL and FA websites to find a mention of the 74th minute. Look, I think we all know that unless a conversation is either recorded or written down, it's not going to mean anything. But it would be interesting It would be interesting to know if anyone can find um, any evidence of... Um, obviously, this conversation is now he said, she said, and I'm sure um, Carl Robinson will have a version. Um, the referee will have a version that we'll never hear, um, and Kieran McKenna will have a version, Dave. Well, probably the most unlikeliest version <laughs> I've heard so far is that both managers were in agreement to continue. That's probably the most unlikeliest version, isn't it? I, well, I mean, my I don't understanding, know why... Dave, was they were in agreement once they were told that they it would be. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, draw. about this about the rule. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. But we're very, very and much. To be not... fair, I think. Yeah, to be fair, I think Robinson did then subsequently allude to that, didn't he? Because he said, oh, well, you know, of course they wanted to carry on because they, you know, they needed the points to, you know, keep in touch with the top two. So, okay, yeah, I guess that's where that The thing is, obviously, it's a lot easier to abandon it when it's 1-1, isn't it? Because neither team's got any skin in the game. As soon as 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 a team goes in the lead, you're not abandoning it, are you? Regardless of what rules are. It's going to be more difficult to abandon it. But the score should be irrelevant to whether oh, a game is a bad oh, yeah. or not. Oh, no, absolutely. No, you're yeah, right. Even if a yeah. team is 5-0 up, if you can't see what you're doing, you can't yeah. play the match, can yeah, you, but right? Yeah. Craig's right, though. Uh, you know, at 1-1, you would think that that sort of sense would take precedence and um, everyone would be in agreement, yeah, OK, we'll come back next month or whatever. But there you go. Um, well, let's try and do this how we would do a normal match and go, go through the teams because I suppose... Um, there's some sense of how things are going to 
things are going to move. Um, Ipswich team then, Dave uh, Walton, Danassian, Wolfenden, Burgess, Davis Burns, Morsi Evans, Harness, Hurst down the middle and Chaplin with um, Ladapo, Broadhead, Aluko, Clark, <laughs> Jackson, Luongo. Yes. And Ladke is madness. That, that bench is madness, isn't it? For League One, that's absolute craziness. But yeah, I think the side. Um, I believe we said a week ago. You know, looking forward, looking forward to this game. That um, yeah, potentially Hurst in for Hurst in for Ladapo. Um, and I think that's probably what they said on the pre-match show as well. Obviously, Clark signed later on. You know, fairly late this week. So um, yeah, good to. He was obviously eligible, but good to see him. Good to see him on the bench. But yeah, I think pretty much that was a side that we pretty much expected. Obviously, Broadhead had that slight muscle injury last week and wasn't even in the squad. So yeah, fully expected him to be on the bench. So I don't think there's any great surprises there, really. Perhaps some of the surprises was who wasn't on the bench, for God's sake. I mean, it's just nuts, that bench, isn't it? Um, Craig, how uh, I know we're going to get horses for courses. How close is that to the strongest 11, less Broadhead and Clark, maybe? But how'd you fit um, them in anyway? Yeah, yeah. Probably probably those two coming in um maybe for Tuesday would probably be it, wouldn't it? You know, it's it was good to see Hurst um from the from the beginning. Um he was a bit isolated, but when he did what he did do, he did very well. You know, the balls were being pinged into him at all heights and he was he was bringing them down, he was controlling them, he was laying them off. Um what he did do um very well was actually what we saw Wiltshire do for for their goal is that he was pinning their defenders. You know, he he was judging the flight of the ball like Daryl Murphy used to do. He was judging mm. the flight of the ball and mm. getting in position, mm. and then holding the defender off and you know holding his ground to to you know control the ball yeah, and like get that. it under control. Like that, yeah. Which is good um, for a kid of kid of his age, you know, compared to a thirty year old Daryl Murphy, for example. And how did things play out in the first half, then, Craig? Terribly scrappy, really. Um, there were so many fouls. When we could still sort of see what was going on, there was just so many, so many little niggly fouls and they predominantly were being given against us, which obviously they may well have been fouls, but the more it happens, the more it riles everybody up. Um, there was just It was just such a, a stop-start game for the duration of the whole game, really. But the first half especially... Neither team really got into the flow, but they were they were pressing us really, really high up the pitch, to be fair. Um they were they were aggressive in the tackle, they were giving us very little time the ball at all. Walton wasn't getting a um, chance to pass out very uh, often from the back because they were pushed, you know, right up the pitch. Similar to what they did in the home game, really, but they carried it on for for longer than they did in the home game. They sort of tied, didn't they? And didn't they change formation? I think McKenna said afterwards they'd never seen Oxford play that way. They went three five two, didn't they? Yeah, and, and they got an awful lot of um, throw-ins, which they just slung into our box. You know, it was it was like you know, textbook long ball teams, whereby the whole game stops until and all the defenders come up and Hurst was yeah, having so to come back to defend. That happened a lot of times. You know, a dozen or so long throws uh, in the first half hour or so. Craig, that's not typical for. Uh, I've seen lots of Cole Robinson no. teams, and um, is that just literally him saying, "Look, this is going to get ridiculous. Let's just play low risk, um, rudimentary football." Yeah, possibly. Or they just know that you know we might. It's one of our one of our Achilles heel. It's our Achilles heel is you know balls balls into the box. We haven't got more than two. Are we Achilles but heels? We, we we obviously dealt with that quite well, though, didn't we? Then first of all, did we? Yeah. obviously we didn't concede from that. Yeah, we were pretty strong. Yeah, Burgess Burgess won a lot of headers, which is you know why he's in the what he's in the team to do. Um, but yeah, it was it was noticeable that at any opportunity they were trying to to get it into mm. the box. I should do the Oxford team really quickly. Um, so Eastwood in goal, Long Moore, um, sponsored by Bet365, Kieran Brown, um, Fleming and Anderson, the wingbacks, uh, Brannigan, McGuane, Bates, Wiltshire and Bowden up top. And Dave, um, sort of images of Brandon Hanlon for Wickham. It's a really bad first. Um, look, I'll give Wiltshire some credit. The first bit is good to mm. get into the box, but it's so, so poor after that, isn't Such it? A, it's, it's very reminiscent of that goal, but I think this might be even worse. Um, as someone said on, I think, on our Telegram group, group today, it's perhaps the wrong the wrong way round because perhaps as he when he pins Wolfenden, you could perhaps see 
perhaps it was the other way around and Burgess sort of leaning over him and perhaps, you know, trying to win the win the first ball. But as as Craig was just saying about Hurst, um, Wolfenden was just pinned and turned. Too easy. Sorry, that's just too easy. Great for, I've got to say, brilliant first touch from Wilshire. Mm. Really, really brilliant first touch. And then it gets horrible. I mean, it's a half-hearted challenge from Danassi. And, you know, he doesn't really, you know, I mean, what's he trying to do there? He doesn't really... I don't know, he sort of bundles through Donassian, doesn't he? He's got Donassian, he's got to put his foot through that somehow. But he sort of bundles through Donassian, all of a sudden he's, um, he's, he's you know, he's, he's heading towards the bottom, in the box by now. I think Wolfenden has another go at him, but again, he's just not strong. Enough. Well, I say not strong enough, he just doesn't, doesn't get anywhere near him. And, and very similar to the, um, <laughs> really similar to the Wickham game, is that Burgess kind of... Does he try and anticipate he's going to move inside? I don't know, but just doesn't make a challenge. Doesn't Trinkly make any Dave, challenge, isn't it? He's, he's, he's static. He's static there. Mm. And um, a neat finish, but he just he's one on one by that time with um, one on one with Walton. And yeah, neat side of the finish in the corner, but that's, that's awful. And I think that's worse than the than the Wickham goal, just because it comes from a punt from the goalkeeper. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible we, from we, Wolfenden. We... Terrible from Danassian. Terrible from Perch. I mean, it is. It's a. It's a combination of crap <laughs> which stopped them going short if you watch if you watch the replay we you know we were pushed right up on them so they couldn't yeah. take the ball short so the goalkeeper just right, Christ, i can't do anything else i'm just going to stick it up, with the, it. up the yeah. pitch and as you say it's a f- lovely first touch no, it's a great and then it's just weak it's it's weak from oh. wolfenden it's weak from wolfenden again it's weak from danassian and it's well nothing weird from weird from it's nothing from weird Burgess. from Burgess. It's and someone, like, really similar to the wickham that he almost yeah. tries to I don't know. Second guess him. Is he going to go inside? He just doesn't do anything. But there was that old excuse, Dave, we've talked about loads on the pod in the Wickham game. We've got two defensive players too close together and, you know, one passes and by the time he's gone through, they're both gone. That wasn't the issue with this goal, was it? No, this, this, I I think this is far worse than the Wickham. I mean, the Wickham goal was bad enough. I think this is far worse than that. It's just a horrible, horrible goal to concede. And, you know, you, you just can't concede goals like that. You can't. Can someone help me out in the chat? I might be conflating two different away games at Wigan, but it might be the same game. I remember a really foggy game at yeah. Wigan. Yeah. David McGoldrick or Brett Pittman scoring. And I also remember Yannick Wiltshire giving Luke Chambers playing right back a horrible game. At oh, he ran him, didn't he? Wigan. He ran yeah. him. Can anyone tell me in the chat whether that's the same game or I'm conflating two Mc- McGoldrick games? McGoldrick got a late, late, I want to say McGoldrick got a late equaliser. 15, 16. Well, uh, yeah, well, I'm trying maybe, to maybe year one of the pod, Ben. May well have been. May well have been. Well, he, started, he started off strong yesterday, actually, to be fair to him. He 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 um he was he was strong against Wolf. And I think to be fair, I think he was probably looking to play against Wolfden rather than Burgess for that reason, yeah. you know, because he, he was he was strong in the challenge. He was holding Wolfden off well, certainly in the mm. first half. I couldn't tell you when in the second half. Um <laughs> Equalizer, Craig. Um, oh, take it away. Lovely goal. Yeah, yeah. Well let's say this is probably the only real moment of real quality and we had a couple of chances um before that um harness had a snapshot just inside the area which he stuck over which he probably should hit the target with we were we were quite regularly looking to get the ball out to burns you know switch it really quickly out to burns he seemed to have a bit of space a few times it didn't come off you know the ball wasn't actually a great but one time it did come off um he sort of bundles away through a couple of uh, defenders in the box but again he and I was like joking to to my boy Oscar, saying that we all know what Wes Burns has got. What he doesn't have is much deftness. You know, where, where you just dink it, just dink it over the keeper. He's slamming everything, isn't he? He will slam everything. It will go like he did last week. It's in the roof of the net. This week, it's clipped it's the bottom. Got score. He's got a score from there. Yeah. He really has. Yeah. yeah. Um, but similarly, this one is down that side again, and it, we'd had a, a bit of the ball centrally and over to the left, actually, in front of us. We work it nicely over to <laughs> and Nassin just bombs on. He's, he's bombing on 60 yards with the ball at his feet. Oxford are then backtracking, which is where you want them to be. They haven't got time to like settle and get into shape. Um, he plays it out to Burns, and Burns, this is the ball, I think. Burns passes a lovely ball inside to Harness, because Harness... Just before this, about five minutes before, Harness and Chaplin had switched sides. Um, so they were playing on their the side that they're footed, if you like, from Chaplin to move to the left and Harness had moved to the right. Um, and Harness has it just inside the box. He has a touch. He looks up and dings it to the far post. And he got one of two. Hurst had peeled off his man really nicely. So he was free. And charging in at the back post, as he's done numerous times before, um, was Leif Davis. And he, you know, evades the challenge and plants it in the... Uh, 
in the far post. So, yes, yeah, so it's a really, really nicely well-worked goal, exactly what we look to do. You know, if, we, if we're not getting to the byline and pulling it back to the penalty spot, we're hitting the ball to the far post for the oncoming, um, well, Wes Burns as a right winger or Leif Davis as a, as a left back. He's done it so many times in he so far this season, but hadn't scored until yesterday. So, yeah, it's a lovely, lovely work goal. Yeah, yesterday he did show composure. It was a good header because he headed back. I know it was fairly close in, but he headed it back across the keeper. Yeah. Brilliant but from t- Burns. The, the, the ball there, I mean, two yeah. good balls, but Burns drills that into harness and a great first touch. And yeah, lovely chip to the back. A really nice looking goal there, actually. Yeah. So tell me this then, Craig, because I've seen all of these stats of um, six big chances missed. Although only 1.2 uh, on the XG, those two things don't particularly add up to me. But... Is the second half just a just a freak show? Can we do any analysis on it at all, or can you comment on it at all? I could. As I, said, I can't tell you what Oxford did. If people want to comment, people may have been a little bit further over towards the halfway line and maybe able to see it, but I don't think anybody could. To be fair, is it seriously um, that bad? It was seriously yeah, that bad. Yeah, couldn't see the goal. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Um, but the, the, Dave the thinks of, you're exaggerating, Craig. Well, no, I don't. I mean, he's calling me a, he's calling me a liar, isn't he? Ben, <laughs> what no, 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 I'm not. But I mean, I suppose you see on the TV, and TV always it always looks better on the TV with your know, cameras, lights and stuff like that. And it, I mean, bloody hell, it did look murky. So, yeah, that, that's it incredible. Would have, it'd have been even worse. I, you know, I don't know if there's any Oxford fans in the chat here who were behind their goal. At least we're not behind the goal because there's a car park behind the goal because we weren't like looking the entire length of the pitch. We were maybe 18 yards into yeah. the, into the um, yeah. pitch, if you know what I mean. Um, but no, even in the second half, we had chances of that. The guilt edge one was probably, uh, I was going to say, David Hurst was um, Hurst's chance where Wolfenden plays a beautiful ball first time. Really, like it was a really difficult ball to play, and he played it first time down the wing to Burns. Burns gets gets his head up, cuts it back as ever to like round about the penalty spot, and again Hurst had drifted off his man. His movement in those sort of situations is really good. Mm. Got off his man, but doesn't hit the target. He's got to hit the target. The, the keeper's static. He's not going to make it if it's like a foot to the left and going in the bottom corner. And if he if he scores that, then it's 2-1. It might potentially a different story. We had a scramble, didn't we, where it turns out it was um, Clark, I think, that hit the crossbar, but we couldn't oh. tell who it was that was hitting the crossbar. And then I think someone has a shot that Ladapa gets in the way of it. Broadhead has a shot that Ladapa gets in the way of it. just scrambled. Yeah, one of those. You could barely see that on the highlights. You could barely yeah. make that out. Yeah, that's probably where it is, it is worse by then. So let me give you my take on on um, this back and forth then. So from the Kieran McKenna interview after the game on the Ipswich Twitter, he seems to say um, from the start of the second half, they were going back and forth. And I mean, let's be honest, we've all probably seen Carl Robinson in the technical area. He's a very chatty um, manager in that area. He's constantly going, he's quite Paul Cook um in that regard, constantly going back and forth with the other manager and and whatnot. So that doesn't surprise me. Um, And then the idea is that they both thought it was silly at 1-1 at the start of the second half, and maybe that might have been the time to call it. Then we get this um, strange... So Craig's obviously recounted the conditions getting worse and worse. Then we have this strange 74th, 75th minute. So um, my understanding of what Kieran McKenna said is that they called him over on the 74th minute, um, which kind of intimates that they thought the 75th minute was a rule as well. If not, why would they call him over on the 74th minute? He said that it had ticked over to the 75th minute, which, again, reading between the lines, may intimate he was under pressure to finish the game. But that's me um, speculating. Um, And then he said they couldn't call it off um, at that point. The result would stand at 1-1 and both managers said, well, let's just play on and see see who wins in the last 15 minutes. Um, again, look, I've seen lots of stuff on Twitter um, about, oh, whining and moaning and this. Uh, look, we're, we're not whining and moaning about the result. And I think every Ipswich fan understands nothing is going to happen about this. And, and like I said, unless a conversation is written down or filmed, then it's just he said, she said, and that will be that. Um, but... Do we need some clarity here, Dave? Because from what I could see on the iFab well, website, it just says it's ridiculous. It's the those organising the game. Oh, okay. Well, I, I think they do. There should be. Surely there should be something written down. My take on it, did it get appreciably... So when the players came out after half-time then, Craig, 
how was it from the forty sixth minute to the seventy fourth? Would it did it get progressively worse during that half an hour or <laughs> yeah. twenty minutes or so? It got it got worse in the so, second half. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if, yeah. if if you wouldn't have been surprised if they'd have called, if had an inspection at half time and called it off at half time? Half time, you it was probably touch and go at half time. But I say from about fiftieth minute, fifty five yeah. minutes yeah. through to about eighty five, it was just mental. You couldn't see pea super, pea super. Yeah, it, it was ridiculous. And every, <laughs> and it may have been the same the Oxford, but everyone around us was saying, well, you know, to call, just call it off. It's one one. Yeah, just call it off. But as soon as I'm it back. goes two one, you ain't getting it called. You're not. Getting no, it no way. Not, no and way. we're not saying for one minute that you know the reason why we lost is because it was foggy. I saw a comment. No, 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 saying, no, no. Well, Oxford played in as well. Yeah, they did. But that's not the point. The fact that. No, We've got absolutely. Fifteen hundred yeah. Ipswich fans all but, paying twenty six quid a pop to watch a game of football, and they again, all they could see was a twenty yard strip in front of them where occasionally Wes Burns appeared. Again, it's so it's so us, isn't it? If ever if any one team <laughs> was going to lose that game at that level, it's so us. <laughs> it really is, honestly. And um, oh. I suppose uh, playing the situations we know all about Cameron Brannigan, um, David, good long range oh, shooter. This is. This is- Scrappy is it? Well, he is, yeah, and he's got goals in Sorry, him. Dave, I mean, big thank you to David in the chat there. 20 euros on the super chat, very, very kind. Thank yeah, you, yeah, brilliant, David. Thank you. Thank you. David. No, David I mean, it's, it's, it's scrappy. I mean, you can you can just about see it's scrappy. The ball's pinging around up. I think it's good when one of the substitutes gets a ball wide right, clips in half decent cross. Danassian sort of balloons it up to about the penalty spot. That'd be fair, I suppose. Morsey gets a decent enough head on it, but just to the edge of the D, just outside the box. And it's one of those ones he lets it bounce, and then yeah, great. Yeah, what's a great strike from what I can see? Yeah, it is a good strike, low to low to Walton's left. I mean, had it even been a perfectly clear day, I think perhaps Walton would have struggled with that one. Um, whether the whether it, whether it did have any you know um, effect on him coming out of the murk, I don't know. But it was a good from what you can see, it was a good strike, and we know he's got that in him. So yeah, um, not good, not good. Um, Craig, look, we're going to get into the um, because and also for the mischaracterizing of Ipswich fans here, I don't think any Ipswich fans are blaming the last 11 games on some fog at Oxford. So we'll get into where things have gone a bit wrong in terms of the points output. But just, just My... something else, just, just something else, just quickly, Craig. Is it right? Because all the reports I've seen, it was just seeing the fog in Oxford was just in the ground. Once you got out of the ground, it, is that right or not? Uh, no, it's probably like the villages you drive as you oh, okay. back onto the motorway. They were, they were pretty foggy for all those villages. Oh, right. but it was, by the time you got to the motorway, by the time yeah, you got to the clear. M40, it was clear. Yeah, okay. But it was it was similar to when we when we got when we got there before the game. It was all of a sudden the temperature dropped when you got to within you know four or five miles of the ground. It's just obviously just a microclimate yesterday around. Yeah, yeah. The sand was just crappy weather for us, unfortunately. Yeah. So my take on it, Craig, is it's a bit of a freak show. It's a bit annoying. Nothing's going to change. I don't think it was handled particularly well. I feel badly for the supporters, especially the ones who obviously travelled from Ipswich. I understand your fury and um, it will be forgotten in the course of time and we move on slightly irritated. Is that that a, a fair position for me to take, Craig? Obviously, I, I didn't so, travel but yesterday, so. but I think also there was a lot of frustration in the performance. Yeah, it was it was a really poor performance as well. You know, taking apart the fact that we couldn't see the defensive half in the second half, we very rarely saw the ball in in the half in front of us. You know, apart from the two chances that we'd had that I spoke about, the ball was wasn't that in our heart in the Oxford half that often for us to see. It was it was predominantly down the other end of the pitch. It but again, the, frust- the frustrating thing about that, I guess, is that we had six. Really good chances, yeah. And did, and that's that's the issue, isn't it? You know, and as as we've said in the telegram, we've played poorly, but still had enough chances to win. Score four, at least four goals. There was a good tell. Good I chances. think uh, it might have been Joe earlier on in our telegram group. Someone said, "Oh, you know about you know, yeah, we often spoken about Plan B and stuff like that." And I think Joe, or someone quite rightly said, "Well, no, you know, we created six decent chances yesterday. Plan A is working, but it's just not executed well enough." And as you say, Dave, we're just being so weak at the back in certain circumstances. You're just you gifting afford, goals. You know, it's not if, an ideal combination is when you're missing guilt-edged chances and gifting goals to the opposition. That's, that's, it's not that is combo. not a good recipe, is it? Whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you. And are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. 
With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US, Australia or Amsterdam. For the price of an ITFC match program each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast description. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I'll tell you what we'll do, guys, because the chat's moving really nicely. We'd normally go to questions after this, but I think we do need a bit of a state of the union on the form and what's happened. So what we do, guys, in the chat, if you want to ask questions, we'll go through the League One action um, (laughs) with obvious ramifications of every single one of our top six rivals winning. Um, And then we'll bring it back to the form and what you do to change it, what you would think is going wrong. And please, it's, it's our job here to try and make this a balanced chat. We appreciate everybody's opinion if somebody is really really annoyed and frustrated that's fine that's their that's their right if someone's really positive that's fine that's their right and let's let's try and accept everybody's take on what's a very frustrating situation that we all try and cope with in different ways have i framed (laughs) that in the right way dave yeah certainly i think so there you go right uh let's go through league one and speaking of frustration i'm going to start calling them bloody plymouth now because they're so (laughs) bloody good aren't they um just um i i will talk a little bit about plymouth because um i i I know some people won't want to hear it but hey it's the truth hurts they are just nailing everything (laughs) so they beat cheltenham 4-2 yesterday all the new signings were involved. They've got players coming back off the bench. Obviously, their first goal was one of their centre-halves sort of volleying it in the, the corner for a brilliant finish. Um, so Plymouth win again. They've won 13 out of 14 at home and are just so irritatingly good, it's not even funny anymore. Um, Sheffield Wednesday in a very different way. Um, I'm getting the feeling now when they take the lead, they're going to keep a clean sheet. That was clean sheet number... 16 and this with Mark McGuinness going back to Cardiff and Reese James injured and Barry Bannon hasn't played for the last few yeah, games. So, um, whatever we think the whys and the wherefores and we'll get into there. At the moment, Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday, whatever they're doing is working a lot better than what we're doing. And I, I think, unfortunately, that's a, that's a fact we have to accept. Um, it was Wednesday, one Fleetwood nil uh, in that game. Uh, a fourth versus fifth potential playoff game, <laughs> and, unless they go above us, um, was Derby 2, Bolton 1. And again, Derby are in fantastic form, 13 undefeated in the league and just smashing it at the moment. And of course, at Barnsley, we got James Norwood scored in an overhead kick um, <laughs> just to make sure the entire top six uh, win. And um, we're the only team not to. Um Sort of in the chasing pack, Peterborough didn't play and uh, Wickham didn't play. Charlton, I think, might be a bit of a threat coming from way, way further back. But, um, Dave, just the results couldn't have been any worse. And you've got to tip your cap to Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday, who are just putting not, they're not missing a trick here, are they? The consistency is just incredible. Absolutely incredible. I think we were saying at this time last year, albeit on a slightly different level, when we're, you know, we were chasing sick or thought we were chasing sick. Funnily enough, that went tits up at Oxford as well. But anyway, um, when we were chasing sick, to be fair, and it was just the consistency of it's ridiculous. I mean, um, Sheffield Wednesday just don't concede, do they? Just don't concede goal, don't concede goals. I mean, they conceded like, what, 18 all season. Um, incredible run there on. Plymouth, as you say, now scoring goals. They're now scored, outscored us now. Um, I think they scored 50, um, gone past the 50 mark goals. Um, yeah, the, I mean, the consistency is mad. As is the chasing back, you know, you've got to say Derby, what a run there on. As you say, what, 13, did you say? Obviously, I, I assume it was just us back in, what, end of October? Yeah, that was the well, last game we lost. Must have been the 1-0, you know, the 1-0 game. And to be fair, we won one and I thought, I know it was on Sky that night, I thought they were pretty ordinary that night. But, um, yeah, they're doing something right. Yeah, Barnsley had a little bit blip the other week. But, yeah, you know, they're scoring goals. Norwood's scoring. 
uh, <laughs> it's just uh, the whole scenario is just building up. I mean, from our point of view, I mean, we I know we said about must-win games and stuff like that. Put it straight now, our next two league games, be it obviously Morecambe at home Tuesday, Cambridge away Saturday week, there has to be six points. Dave, if going got... into, Dave, going into yesterday, sorry to interrupt you, going Go into yesterday, the entire bottom five, we play in the next seven games, yeah. plus Sheffield Wednesday and yeah. Bristol Rovers away, which is hard. Yeah, it's but... not going to be easy, but... We need to, we need max certainly we need max to have any aspirations of top two. We certainly need maximum points off those bottom five, and also definitely definitely can't lose at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, at home at Sheffield Wednesday, definitely can't to have any aspirations at all. Someone posted something on Telegram last night, which may be set up with um, Plymouth can get to something like I don't know, is it something like something obscene like ninety five points or something like that. If in their last how many games they've got one less than us, obviously eighteen, would that make it then? Basically, is it win seven, drew six, and lose five? Mm. And you look at that and think, well, on current form, they're going to walk it. Well, Craig, Absolutely I did something very silly, and I looked at Plymouth's fixture list. And my take, looking at the fixtures, is if you're, I think it's March the eighteenth. If you're not either close to or past Plymouth by March the eighteenth. They're, they're their away. running looks. Their running looks nice. Um, so, um, <laughs> yeah. where, where are you? Where are you with this top two? And then we'll, we'll get to we'll get to the, we'll get to the chat on what's possibly going wrong and get your questions in on that one, guys. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? And that's what Dave said about last year. That what what we found, albeit eight or ten positions lower in the in the division, mm. is if the teams above you aren't letting up, it doesn't matter how well you're doing. The, the season isn't long enough for you to catch them, is it? And they, these guys are going at two point, nearly two point two points a game, even if they drop to two points a game. You know, I They're think gone. someone in, again, sorry to get referenced in the the Telegram group, but I think it may have been Chris. Apologies if it wasn't. Said, so, you know, we need to go on a if we even if we go on a seven or eight winning streak, if they dropped, they need to drop by zero point two points a game for us to catch them, even if we go on an eight game winning streak. It's just and Craig, looking at, looking at the maths side of it, Craig, it I, I think where we all were a few weeks ago was these are three very good sides scoring two points per game plus, whereas now we've made that drop below that standard and mm. they've maintained it. So your position, regardless of the whys and the wherefores of what's happened, and we'll get we'll get into that, the position has to be on the base basis of the maths that those two are those two are better at us and setting a much higher standard now, right? Mm, 100%. Certainly over the last 10, 12 games, whatever where it happens to be, yeah. They've Comfortably. completely um, overtaken us, haven't they? Right. Well, let's get into this then. Um, so we'll put it to the chat as well. Get your comments in. If you want to put it in a question so we can then kind of address, but and we'll, we'll try and get some up on the screen. It's moving very quickly. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to... Um, to um, get, we we are reading them all, and we do appreciate everyone getting them in. They won't all get read out. But um, what what's what's wrong? What's wrong, Dave? Um, what, what's what's happened that means we can't keep the standards set by Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday? Well, I think I said earlier, it's almost the perfect recipe, isn't it? We're not taking our chances. Um, every yeah, well, fairly frequently, we're con- we're conceding really soft goals. And on the and, and just to further compound that, if we're not conceding soft goals, we're conceding worldy, unlucky goals. Um, just everything at this moment in time just seems to be conspiring against us. Um, personally, Tuesday, I I pray I think the time is right for some sort of shake up. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see Clark starting um, on Tuesday and certainly wouldn't be surprised to see both Broadhead, or all the new signings, maybe Luongo, maybe not, but certainly... Is that a four-three-three um, shape then, Dave? Potentially, I think, yeah. Honestly, I think it just needs to be a, a, change, in, a change in approach, but yeah, maybe a change in formation. And, and certainly, I think those three, we need to get those three in the team as soon as possible, I think. Um, which may be a little, bit, a little bit harsh on maybe someone like Harness. I know perhaps Harness is a little bit Marmite. Perhaps he's dog with a bit of inconsistency maybe, but I like him. I think he, he's a potential 
game changer for me, Harness. You know, he's got a goal in him and he, he can be creative, all right. Sometimes his first touch is a bit awry, but I quite like Harness. But yeah, I, it wouldn't be surprised to see all, all three starting on, on Tuesday. And I think that probably is the right the right way to go. Central defence is a concern, isn't it? I mean, Edmondson is the thing. Edmondson is the one. Again, not in the squad yesterday, I don't think. What's going on? You know, what is going on there? I mean, I know, I think, he quite, you know, McKenna quite likes that balance of right foot um, Wolfen and left foot Burgess. But you know, again, maybe the times, the times right for um, for Edmondson. But I'm not really sure what's going on there. You know, played really well. I thought against Rotherham. Okay, again, we're fairly toothless to be fair. But I thought he played really well against Rotherham the other week. But yeah, I would expect changes on um, just a, a general shake up on on Tuesday, and I think that's what what's needed to be fair. Craig, is there anything, I've got this idea in my head that I can't articulate very well. Is there anything in that we're almost overcomplicating it more so than Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday doing that Dave's mentioned Sheffield Wednesday are, you you know they're going to be very, very solid. I think the chat are mentioning both sides seem to take more risks in terms of long range shooting and those Mm -hmm. type of goals that we don't particularly seem to score and this, this sort of Plymouth um, intensity and ruthlessness. And whilst we're trying to play this very admirable, use whatever words you're comfortable with, progressive. Yeah. Um, is, is there anything in that that and we may see a Paul Warren team and he every interview goes, play forward, run forward, make defenders defend. I'll take both the fullbacks off at 60, leave it all out there. It's not complicated. Is there anything no. in that? Very possibly, yeah. Without you know, we don't wish to sound condescending and say that their football's more basic than than ours is. Ours is, you know, potentially is over complicated and intricate. But by the same token, we are creating the chances mm. to to put these games to bed. We're just simply not taking them. You know, you we say a lot of people are saying about luck. You know, you can't control balls looping off of people and ending up in the top corner of the net, but you can control opposition attackers waltzing into your box unimpeded and slotting it past the goalkeeper. Again, there's been questions in there and we'll talk about it in a sec, but the goalkeeper, you know, he's he's not doing anything you wouldn't expect him to do. You know, he's not pulling off any saves. The two one-on-ones, the one against Wickham and the one yesterday against Oxford, you know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that you could say, well, you know, any chance of getting a leg on it and deflecting it over the bar or deflecting it wide, just getting something in the way of it. He's not even getting in the way of those, is he? He's... He's saving what he should do, but he's not necessarily he's saving what you don't expect. Yeah, I think he has, so, yeah. So would you take him out, Craig? No. 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 no, 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 no. 100% not. But no. you just need him to up his game the same way you need the strikers to up their game, the same way you need your defenders, apart, Leaf Davis apart probably, to up their game. You know, just get stronger in the tackle. Let's get a bit more um, bit. decisive up front um, and it'll, it'll you, be fine. But we're just leaving you, it too late. You use the right word, Ben, back a few minutes ago, ruthless. We're just not ruthless in front of goal, are we? You really do. You, you, that's what you need. You know, cut, you know, we said it before, you know, go cold in front of goal and, you know, just find the corner. We're not. Chaplin can do it, can't he? Chaplin does it, although apparently, well, I don't think anyone saw it yesterday. Apparently, he didn't see the cross. He missed a fairly guilt-edged header, apparently, yesterday. But, yeah, yeah that, that's it. We're just not ruthless enough in, in front of goal because, it's, to agree, it must be working. You, you're creating what with six really good, okay, the XG didn't, didn't bear that out, but you're creating six really good chances. So, Craig, that's, that should be, you know, you take two of them, three of them, you, you, you're away, you're winning, you're, you're winning games, but we just, for some reason or another, we just contrive somehow not to. Um, on, uh, this is Alex, um, Dave's already spoken about this, so I'll go to Craig. Uh, going forwards, do you see us going to a back three with Clark or staying with back four as him as a right back? Um, I think people who are talking about a reshuffle, and Dave's mentioned it, you might like to lose a centre back, which um, might mean you can. I, I don't. I don't want to sound like Neil Warnock. You, you might be able to shift that ball forward a little bit, a little bit quicker. Do you need um, the congregation of that percentage of your players in that half? I know it's not that simple as you know, more defenders equals more defensive. I, I, I get it. But I think a lot of people, what change would that make to um, what we look like, Craig, if it was a back four and maybe fullbacks forward um, involved and then you obviously get an extra midfielder, don't you? 
Yeah, I don't see us changing the shape of formation. I just see it simply as being an upgrade on what we've currently got in terms of personnel. You know, Clark is hopefully an upgrade on Danassian. Poor old Danassian's been, you know, we always know we know what he's like, but he has been relatively poor the last dozen or so games. You know, he hasn't been on it. The, the opposition pick him out when he gets the ball to his feet. They're on him um, straight away. He's partnership with Burns hasn't been as good as it was last year that may be down to, to Burns as well being being off his game comparatively to this year I just think that we'll keep doing what we're doing just aim to do it even better than we are with an upgrade in personnel it may be that uh, yesterday again Morsey was probably the the standout pick of our certainly of our midfield um, I don't think Evans has got back to his pre-injury um, performances um, so it may be something that you can do in there. I don't know. Just, you just, we just need more people to be standing up and oh, that's a hoary old phrase, stand up and be counted because, you know, it's literally Morsey again by himself. You know, you've got enough people on that pitch now with a lot of experience behind them to be dragging that team forward. But it just seems to be a bit of a one-man show in that respect, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, that's probably quite a good link, Dave. And Neil puts there in the chat, we need to be mentally tougher. Now, where, where, where do we stand on this... Um, mentality possibly issue um because obviously we did have a we did have a lead going into the christmas day probably boxing day did we lose against wickham i can't remember we were top of the table um i'm not saying neil's wrong um we might not be mentally tough how do you how do you quantify that one how do you improve because it's an easy thing to say and he might be right um but what's your take on the on this, um... Well, it breeds it, doesn't it? It breeds it. You know, if you can keep conceding these late goals, if you keep conceding leads, you know, it it, it it does put doubt. It must put doubt. You know, you can have any, you know, psychologist in the world, you know, you know, behind you and giving you advice and stuff. But it has to be in the back of the mind that and, and especially at Paul, you know, you can see it from time to time. We said it. I know we said on the pod last week about the Suffolk sigh at Portman Road when nine minutes came up against Plymouth, you know, that, that gravitates to the players. It it must do. So it's a, I don't know, it's, it's a confidence thing. I think it's, uh, again, it's as Craig said, you know, the phrase he used, but it's, it's being brave, being brave at the right minutes, being brave with the ball, you know, at the right, you know, at the right time, at these crucial moments and making the right, you know, making the right decisions. It really is. Um, but, you, but the thing is, sorry, I just cut across, but you've got Walton, Morsey and Evans have all won promotion from this division as, I know as it champion be. so they've, they've done it they've been there and done it but for the whatever reason you know, Craig is so right it's it, it that that makes it even work even even more harder to understand because you know you look at the backbone of the side and they are characters that have done been there been there and done it before um yeah I look I, I don't I don't think uh, mentality uh, I think there is a there perhaps is a degree of that but sometimes you just have to roll up your sleeves and these players just have to be have to be counted um, I want to uh, read Steve's comment there, Stevie. Um, with the attacking players we have, how do we miss so many chances? Are we trying to score the perfect goal? Um, I think there's something in that, Craig. And again, if you make the comparisons, and I, I, I often joke, oh, Plymouth are level. Um, has everyone got 70th minute penciled in when one of their attacking players bangs one in off the post from 25 yards? But is there something to the effect of a slower build-up allows players to be in defensive position that's better? And if you're not making those um, sort of swashbuckling attacks and taking those, that sounds really overly simplistic. But um, that would explain away a disparity between goals and expected goals, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, as I, as I said, when I was briefly going through the match, you know, the two, well, the goal that we scored from, as I said, when Genassian was belting forward, Oxford were backpedalling. You know, they were they were struggling to get into position. And as a result, they all weren't in position for when Harness got the ball across to Davis. And similarly, the Hurst chance in the second half was a quick ball from um, Wolfenden down the line to Burns, you know, a couple of touches, head up, pull back, attackers running onto it. Again, but it goes wide. So there is, there is that. You know, we do things quicker. It doesn't give people a chance to set. Um, and then similarly, you know, we know we don't take many shots from, from range. I was... I was lucky enough to catch a little bit of the Arsenal Man U game this after this evening, and when Saka Saka stuck that shot in from you know twenty five yards out on the angle, nowhere in the world would we ever. Across, I'm not comparing any of our players to uh, Saka, but it's not even something that would even cross our mind to have a shot from there, is it? You know, we'd be 
setting up again, going backwards across the line and down the other side or looking to feed it down the channel to pull back to the penalty spot. So I do think there's an element of needing to mix up a little bit, but still sticking to our principles. Just do things a just little bit quick. I'm not saying get it forward, you know, hump it forward. I'm just saying just do things just a little bit quicker to you know, just get a bit of more impetus into our into our attacking play probably. Indeed. Um, let's see. Where was that question about Charlton that I just saw? Um, Dave, the Charlton debacle had a massive impact on yeah. our mentality. Since then, match stats have been the same, but we've scored less of our chances and conceded more from I our think, I think fans. perhaps that did, but look, you're looking, when was that? That was like three months ago. It was the end of October. You know, you, you'd have, I, I think it did for sure. I've, I've never seen anything like quite like that. I mean, Craig said about never seen anything quite like yesterday's game. I've certainly never seen a game like the end of that Charlton game. And I think perhaps it would have had a psychological impact, but you've got to, you just got to, cope with that it was a you know i think we thought that was a a, a bit of a freak show as i've said before about yesterday's game you just got to like, take that on the chin and get on with it you really have and i just wonder sort of pete's alluding to the mentality of whether it's affected the crowd as well you know because no, i think so you know, i mean not just the players the Definitely players going into road. a game with a two goal into injury time with a two goal lead and not winning it the, the crowd also have now seen it happen on more than one occasion, not necessarily to that extent. But, you know, as Dave's saying about not having seen a game like it, I've, I remember after that Charlton game, leaving the ground, again, furious. Um, <laughs> and I was I was on the bus with Oscar. I said to him, look, crikey, you'll go to football for the rest of your life. You'll never see you a right. game like that. Nah. And I said the same to him yesterday. You know what I said at Charlton about <laughs> never seeing a game like that? Well, you've got another one now about, you know, it's 10 weeks later, doesn't uh, it? All will all be right when we put 10 past Morecambe on Tuesday night. <laughs> Hopefully that's it for the season in terms there you of go. never seeing a game, another game like it in your life. <laughs> um, yeah. So, look, what does, Dave, what does Ipswich catching up with Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth yeah. look like? What? How does that, if that is going to happen, which it may or may not do, uh, does that is that us winning a massive winning streak and chipping away gradually and you get to those Absolutely. last four games. The only way, it, isn't it? It's, I, can see that being, I can see that being the only way now. I mean, I know that obviously, you know, and, and even because what, uh, uh, Plymouth 10 and what we're saying, Sheffield Wednesday seven points ahead, are they? I mean, even that game the week after next between the two is not really going to have any massive effect now, is it? Not 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 any great effect. Um They'll both end yeah. up getting three points somehow. Yeah, they'll probably will. They'll both get <laughs> three points. They, um, we just need to go on a match. We just need to be going a massively consistent winning run. And 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 you know, those seven games you we mentioned earlier on in the pod, those I think you said, did you say five games? So bizarrely five of the next bottom seven are against the bottom five. From um, I think MK moved up a couple of places, so it's but five fine. Of the bottom it's six now. I looked at Morecambe sport. Morecambe have won the last three. Last round, uh, uh, albeit Cheltenham, no disrespect. Well, I think Cheltenham, I think I hammered Burton, Burton I think at, yeah. at Greenton, all Accrington. home games as well. Yeah, and to be fair, they were all they were all home games. But um, look, we need to start with a confidence boost in Tonkin. I would say on Tuesday evening. All right, even now would just take any old three points, <laughs> and then and then well, we would, and then certainly Cambridge and oh, Cambridge away has never been great for us either, has it? You know, I remember last season as well, but um, certainly need to put them away. And then, yeah, then, you know, then look at it. But we certainly, you know, these teams in the bottom five, we need to put them away and then hopefully get something from Sheffield Wednesday. Well, ideally at home, get something from then. And yeah, ideally, again, get get a result, a point perhaps away. If we win those games up till then, wouldn't be a, such a bad result of Bristol Rovers, who I think are, they must be top, certainly top 10 now. They're pushing up. So, yeah. We Same just need to spend, it's just about consistency. We just need to find some consistency. And, and, and you know, win these, go, you know, a good win Tuesday. Yeah, let's put the cup game to one side and, and turn Cambridge over. And, yeah, take a look at it. Think you've got confidence there. You know, come, you know that, that breeds consistency. So, and look at it then. But, yeah, we certainly need to start winning games pronto. And um, if, <laughs> if, that's not going to be the case, Craig. Psychologically, how do you approach the second half of a season that looked like you were part of a three-horse race for automatic? And, uh, OK, I suppose the only saving grace is Derby are as bad a playoff team as Ipswich are. I think yeah. they're both yeah. one, win, one, one win and seven defeats in the, in the, in the playoffs. But um, yeah. how, how, do you, how do you then recalibrate to say, OK... 
Here comes the playoffs again. Or worse. The, 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 well, crikey, can you imagine? The pre- but the pressure's on us, isn't it? That's the thing. The pressure's by virtue of spending another million pound on a fullback oh, yeah. during the week. You know, the, the pressure's 100% on us and our players. And we haven't shown so far this season that even with a brand new set of players, that the uh, ability to handle pressure's um, improved Many. He's been given all the tools, hasn't he? He's got all the tools now, really. So there shouldn't be any excuses. And, but and with every new signing, it, it ramps up ex- again, doesn't it? Because expectancy. You know, as, yeah. you, as you said earlier, Dave, Sheffield Wednesday have lost um, McGuinness. Um, Bannon hasn't played. Oh. And they're still churning out results. Plymouth, as we know, lost Whitaker, who are arguably their well, second best player, if not their first best, their first best player, their best player. I haven't noticed a blip, have we? They haven't they haven't missed a well, strike. Got, I mean, they've got Zez back now. Zez back now. I think he got yeah. a couple of assists yesterday. I mean, he was, he was absolute quality as well, wasn't he? So, yeah. Whereas we're adding, supposedly adding quality to our squad and getting worse results. Time, but it does take time, no matter how good they are. Just take, we saw that, like, crikey, and the influx of players at the beginning of, you know, last yeah. season. I mean, it just takes time, but... Yeah, I mean, from from what well, you you perhaps couldn't see, but apparently from what people could see, Broadhead looked like he he was quite lively yesterday by all accounts. Yeah, he got the ball. He had a bit of a dribble at one point, just couldn't quite find the space to get get the shot away. But yeah, you yeah, he couldn't read too much into. It. There's been a few questions in the chat about Hurst. I thought he was fine yesterday. I thought he was. I thought he's an upgrade on Ladapo. Um, he just a bit isolated and. You know, as, as you say, Dave, he's getting used to the players playing around and the runs they'll be making and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, he only got 64, did he do? Made Ladapo, was it 64, I think he came? Could you could yeah. you see that? <laughs> yeah, he didn't do much, to be fair, when he when he came on. But uh, we made, actually, you may have played like, you know, 1966 Pele for all I could see, but I couldn't <laughs> even see 90, him. Or even 1970. Yeah. yeah, well, I settled for 2020. <laughs> No, 2022 Pele, maybe. I would say 2023. Um, but yeah, so I say it's it's the mentality thing. It's the pressure, isn't it? Because every manager says, "Oh, they're the best team in League One." All right, mate. Yes, yeah, we we know. Yeah, and then they and then if they if they lose to us, we're the best team in League One. So it doesn't matter yeah. if they beat us. Feathers yeah. their nest, doesn't it? We're sick and tired of hearing uh, hearing that. I wonder if there's that's, something that's in no the box, sorry boxing trick, isn't it, Craig? Yeah. You, if you big up, if you slag off your opponent, who have you? Who did you beat? Do you yeah, know exactly. what I mean? Yeah, exactly yeah. that. I just wondered there's something I'm thinking about it um, on the way back yesterday about you know when teams have teams get promoted to the Premier League and the first time they play everyone, you know, you'll find that they're zooming up the league, aren't they? But by the time teams get to play them a second time, they've worked them out a little bit, haven't they? I just wonder there's some of that in in us at the moment is that leading up to Christmas, when teams have played us for the first time round, they're sort of getting to work us out a little bit. You know, every team's got analysts now. So by the time they get round to play us a second time, have they worked us out a little bit? I don't know. I was going to, I was going to suggest that that was a thing, Dave, when Craig was talking about, Oh, pressing in on the, on the back three and knowing that that ball is going to get circulated. You might have a couple of chances to win it very yeah. high up in the game. Yeah. And, um, yeah. As Jurgen Klopp says, um, uh, a good press is better than the best number ten in the world because it can create chance after chance after chance, can't it? Yeah, you saw it. You saw it. I don't know if you saw it today. You saw it today with Arsenal, didn't you? Really? Yeah, I know different, slightly different level, but yeah, yeah. Um, no, we. Um, I, I like I said, I, I foresee some changes on Tuesday and hopefully a morale boosting win, and then um, yeah, I must admit I'm looking forward to. I, I don't know what side Burnley will put out, but I should imagine. <laughs> Because they're about what a hundred points clear for a, from third, they'll put out half, yeah. half decent, <laughs> half decent side. Really. I'm quite looking forward to that game Saturday because I watched the game against West Brom. I thought it was a hell of a game on um, on Friday evening. They're really good. They play some lovely, lovely football. So mm. I'm quite looking forward to that. Give Scott to find a chance to score from thirty. Oh, again, doesn't mate, it? what a free kick that was! Yeah, incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's just quickly talk about uh, Morecambe, and we should give a quick plug, uh, Mikey and Seb. Uh, assuming that the nice covers and the pitch and the temperature doesn't get any worse, are going to be here post-game um, against Morecambe. I know I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of comments about where Morecambe are in the uh, recent form table and where we are and all that. Um, but um, how, how can I say this without accused being accused of being entitled? Um, we've got better players than Morecambe. They've had a quick splurge of points. Um, I like Derek Adams, did a great job 
Um, and he's in difficult, great job at Plymouth, didn't he? And mm. can get a team on a run. Um, they're in very difficult circumstances because they've basically got no money. I think um, they took a guy, Simu, actually, who was at uh, Tranmere, who was, I think he's at Southampton, is he, Dave? A uh, no. big centre-half. Okay, um, so not sure. I think they've bought a, they've bought a couple in. But, um, Craig, we're having a conversation about catching teams that are projecting 95 points and um, uh, beating Morecambe should be a, you know, something that would lead to being able to catch those yeah. teams, right? Yeah, yeah, it's not, can't even be a question, can it? It can't be nah, a question, it's, it's got to be. If you're not, not going to pick up three points at home to Morecambe, then, you know, you're not going ca- to be catching... Yeah. Shiver yeah. Wednesday and uh, and Plymouth are you? Um, they'll be they'd be putting them to bed. You would have thought in similar circumstances. So, yeah, you just got to keep churning them out. As Dave said, the next um, next three games, next two games certainly are. Well, certainly, certainly these there. next two games. You know, uh, Tuesday night and then Cambridge away, and then you then you got the big one, haven't you? You got Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield Wednesday at home on the was it eleventh? I think. I mean, yeah, you certainly need six points going into that, and then. You've got yeah. to beat Sheffield Wednesday, haven't you? Just to claw... claw well, you three. have to claw any... But you know, you certainly have. Yeah, really. no, claw to any, any guys, the, 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 maths of, the maths of that is still, if you're playing five of the bottom seven, and for example, you also beat Bristol Rovers and you win six games and you draw against Sheffield Wednesday and you've got uh, 19 points from seven games, then you actually don't have to beat Sheffield Wednesday. Well, I suppose, but no, it would bloody well what, help, wouldn't it? It yeah, depends exactly. what they've been doing in their equivalent yeah, six games. Quite, if they've been yeah, winning yeah, theirs, yeah. then you're not yeah. gaining any ground on them, even though you're winning yours. You know, you're just... Stay in the same position apart, aren't you? I think um, I'm sure I saw. I was looking at more um, fixtures earlier on, and I think Morecambe. <laughs> I mean, just the weather on their last three, because I think I think three out of their next four games they're away at us, Plymouth, and Sheffield Wednesday. I think. I think Cheltenham had the, the doing the same thing at the moment. Yeah, I think all, so. Yeah, uh, or Derby, Plymouth, and Sheffield Wednesday, which might actually be harder than us, Plymouth, <laughs> and Sheffield Wednesday at the moment, mightn't it? Yeah. Oh. Well, guys, look, we, we get it. We um, we understand um, people's frustration. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to moan about the team. It's okay to moan about the people that are moaning about the team. We all we all want to win. Um, let's um, let's be sort of cognizant that everyone's uh, allowed their view, and some people will be way too positive. Some people will be way too negative, and we'll try and uh, pick the bones out of out of all of it. But um, Yes. Any final thoughts after um, Oxford, Craig, and um, the gap getting even wider? I don't want to talk about it anymore. I was just, I was just thinking that. <laughs> done. If there's, that was the game watch Love Island, doesn't it? Eh? There's, gone. there's, done. there's, there's three of us here, and if I'm foggy, one of you's Compa and one of you's Clegg. Ah, there you go. That's the last of the summer wine reference, that isn't it? Certainly is. Certainly is, mate. Yeah. Did by the way, just I thought I'd just throw that in. I did. And I should have noticed the score, but the ladies played earlier, didn't they? Did they, I believe, they won. win at Pass. London Bees, I believe? Yeah. think so. Yes. Okay. Right. That'll do us then. I think we've um, we've done the therapy session and a nice um, three points against Morecambe might clear things um, up and we'll be very interested to see um, what Kieran McKenna's approach is, whether Dave gets his shake-up, um, you know, not tearing it up, but... Uh, that's some Queen lyrics, aren't they? Tear, Tear it up, up. shake yep. it up. There you go, baby. What a tune that is, eh? Down and in them. So yeah, maybe a tear it up, shake it up against Morecambe, and um, hopefully things will look a bit brighter, and we can maybe actually enjoy the free hit of an FA Cup game. Oh, brilliant! Against, yeah, against Burnley, but. There we go. Um, fingers crossed. We're all in this together. Um, do join us on Tuesday night. Uh, it'll be Seb and Mikey, hopefully, talking about um, three points against Morecambe. And hopefully, um, I'm not even going to look at the fixtures and see who else is playing who. Um, Cheltenham versus Sheffield Wednesday. They've got to go away. They're Plymouth playing. No, they're no. not. No. Oh. It's that game in hand. Game in hand. Okay. Okay, so yeah, maybe it could be three points. Mate, close. you know what? I was thinking this time next Sunday could be, you know, good win over Morecambe, 
narrow 1-0 last minute deflected winner against Burnley <laughs> and we're sitting here looking forward to Man City or Arsenal at home <laughs> hey, oh, how good would that be how good stop that, that we're so fickle aren't we um, guys do um, do hit thumbs up before you go thank you for all the brilliant uh, stuff in the chat we try and click as many up as we can so apologies if your comments didn't get didn't get read out we really really appreciate all of them do come and join us on telegram um you get a two-week free trial there is a paywall after that but we've got loads of uh people on there great um great sort of chat pretty much right throughout the day most days we're talking ipswich town over there so um great stuff uh no more about the fog we'll forget I've got quickly it. just i've got quickly just so it did make me chuckle earlier i think it could have been on telegram even wincy willis got a mention on there earlier on yes, i he think did. <laughs> she she, she. Yes, she did. And on that bombshell, this has been the Blue Monday podcast and we will see you post-mortem with Mike Insev. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.